It's so good. I was it's like, so do good. I really want to just have a riff play for two minutes before the show starts? Man, we could use like Godspeed Black Emperor song. What if we played a full Godspeed Oh my song? god, yeah, and then lose ev- uh, all 500 people that liked us on Facebook. They'd be like, <laughs> see you later, Liam. Nice um, 12 minute intro. I mean, a lot of people do play full songs as, as intros, um, but I think, uh, I think I don't like those shows. <laughs> No offense to you, people who listen to the show who do that. All right, all right, let's start, let's start. I'm Liam O'Donnell. My name is Josh Alvarez, and you're listening to episode 32 of Cinepunks. Cinepunks. Today on our show, we have guest Mr. John Paul Glasky. John Paul. Hello, John Paul. I feel like uh, John Paul will be the person who gets us to the point where we have one of those soundboards, like on morning radio. Whoa. And we can Does just that... play like <gasps> fart noises and stuff. <laughs> fart oh, noises. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking. If we did that, I would only want the David Lee Roth soundboard. That's all of the, the noises that he makes for uh, uh, yeah. running with the devil and all that. No, fair. Oh, fair. man. So good. Yeah. I want one of those for my everyday life, not just podcasting. I, yeah. I it's amazing. Have you for a job a couple times. Ah, the, the David Lee Roth one, the dino. No, no, no. Like, a, oh, like, man. like one of the push the button for the for for the cow sounds and all that. I would, yeah, I would like it. Kids show. I think ah. I would prefer for it to be noises the singer of Marauder has made without them being lyrics, like just him being like ooh, <laughs> <laughs> or Danzig know, noises. Someone told me there is an iPad app. Where you can record your own, and it has the button you know, grid. Oh, I know that's cheat sheet of like you know, thirteen is no. A a friend of mine who does music, that's how she makes. She does has one of those things on her iPad. She records something digitally for each button, and then she just plays with them. And when (laughs) she feels like she has like something going, you know that that's what she does. It's like it's like a more physical fruit. It's kind of like what you would do with Fruity Loops, but it's like a more uh, physical because you. You know, this has gotten way more technical. I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Oh, man. I, those things with the little <laughs> pads on them, though, like not the one on your iPad, but there's like the actual quarter. I forget what it was called, but like all those... Actual art- pads? Oh, like an MP box? Like one yeah, of those? Yeah, 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 yeah. Those things are sick, man. Yeah, man. Did you ever see someone like make music live? I saw Delta Funko Homo Sapien one time at the TLA, and he only had that. He didn't have a yeah. DJ with him. He just yeah. had the box. Well, and even if he had, had all these DJ, tracks on it. I yeah. mean, I've even seen people where they have a DJ, but all, I know that that's how they made the music was that pad. Like that's how they that's made pretty the awesome. It's cool. It's crazy. Not gonna lie. <laughs> oh hey, welcome to Cinepunks. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to have you on the show. We've talked about having you on here for a while now. Yeah, that's true. This is, since yeah. uh, like last winter, since winter time, we've been talking to you about coming on the show with us. Now I'm in a. Oldie Kensington Village. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, welcome to Cash Money Kenzo. Cash Money Kensington. Did you say Old E? I like yeah. that. <laughs> old E. Cash old Money E Kensington. Kensington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this Old Kensington? This is an old. I don't Kensington. know where it is, man. All I know is we that we're in the Cash Money. Yo, I think Ken- Old Kensington is actually a legit neighborhood. No. Yeah. yeah. On, someone told me they saw an old like this is not like the, a sign for this Old is not Kensington. Like a hipster revival gentrification. Port Fishington, whatever, you know, Port Fishington. that old Kensington was actually, a, like, if you find a map from, like, 75 years ago, it's all in there. Wow. Right, you're from Philadelphia. You're, like, West Philly. Been West Philly. All right, cool. Let's, let's, let's get into it. Where are you, where, where, I mean, we don't have to jump in right away, but I would like to know, where are you from originally? Like, from West Philly. Your, like, where in West Philly? Like, where were you? Overbrook. If you're from West Philly. I was born you... at Penn. Uh-huh. And oh, grew wow. up at Overbrook yeah. and lived there until last year. You lived in Overbrook until last year. And then I moved to, now I'm in East now Falls. In East Falls. Yeah. Man. What was it like growing up in Overbrook? 
Well, I'm more like over Or the did you know Will no, Smith? No, totally, Luke, totally. Here's the thing. I know a little bit of what you're talking about. No, no, no. Will Smith. Come on. All right. So cool. So, uh, uh, they have an old, like, Fresh Prince, Jazzy Jeff, like, 8 by 10 hanging. Uh, it's like this. I mean, I haven't been in there a long time. You know, right. being vegan kind of ruins the fun. Yeah, but, sure, like, sure, sure, sure. But it was him, and he, you know, big. Puffy, probably day glow hat, but it's black and white, so it's so yeah. good, yeah. so good, man. Now, but I didn't. You, I don't know if you know this, but my wife is a pastor, and she worked. Well, I guess she wasn't the pastor there. Actually, she was director of Christian education at Overbrook Presbyterian. So, which is where I went to nursery school. What to that? that yeah, to that. The, the circle the is getting smaller. There. Well, and, I, <laughs> and I'm, I'm familiar with Overbrook because in that area. There was a, a home for people with various uh, physical and mental challenges called Walker Memorial. And my mom was on the board there, and we would go to New Year's Eve parties there. Yeah. And I always thought of it as that neighborhood that was still... Because when I was a kid, we'd drive out there. It didn't feel like we were in Philadelphia anymore. Mm. But my mom would always tell me, like, no, this is Philly. And so I always used to think of it as far Philly. Like yeah. That's how I would think, oh, yeah, Overbrook, that's like far. That's far Philly. You know, but mm. this was home. It was like a old mansion that had been converted into this home for folks with Down syndrome and cerebral palsy and mm. various things going on. And they had a bowling alley in the basement. I used to use the. Oh, Wait. that's awesome. Where was it? Do you remember the? I don't know the exact. It's not far off of Lancaster, though. Was that the big old house on a corner? It was on a corner, and it was very big. Drexel Road in Sixty Fourth Street. I don't know. I actually have no idea. But it's right near. Uh, there's monks across the street. Wow, that was my block. No, no way. way. I grew up. That, so that's 64th. And Did you ever bowl in there? Did you bowl in that house? No, but you know who built that house was Mm-mm. the Wrigley family, as in Wrigley's gum. The gum. No way. So I, I, I was born, born in it, but like grew up on. That's 64th and Drexel. Like it's the entire. Yeah. It's like 63 yeah. 99 or yeah. yeah. Okay. I grew up in the 6400 block, and then when I was like six, we moved one block up to Woodbine. Oh, okay. And then my dad actually bought the house on Drexel no. in like the 50s, so mm-hmm. we never sold because of the housing market. And then I lived there in college. I moved back with a bunch of my friends, including my friend Rob Mastantonio, that's a film writer director. The one who's in LA. Lived there. Right. This is Charles the conflict house? No, no, no. This was no. in Overbrook. Right? Oh. So this Tony Pointless lived in Overbrook? Yeah. I find that hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's his question. And Were you guys there in two style thirteen? And and here's Overbrook. another and here's another Overbrook related question for you. Did you have steam heat? Yeah. And did you have to convert? That happened when I was like three years old. So okay. I, remember. <laughs> I just remember the whole neighborhood used to have a steam heat factory. Everybody wow. was was and th- so this is what it was told to me. You tell How me you if it's it? right. So people huh. who go, went to Susan's church would always talk about the reason Overbrook Farms had some of the same housing issues as the wider area was because of the steam heat problem. Because you'd have Everything this house, the house was worth all this money. You were paying for the steam heat. The steam heat company was like, oh, man, fuck it, we're done. And then in order to convert your house to a new form of heat was a lot of money, and not everyone could afford that change, and that affected the housing market. It was my – so my parents got married in 1969. Sure. And like I said, my dad already had the house. Mm. 
some point in the 70s that happened. Okay. Where, like, in the spring, it was like April, they sent out a letter that was like, like we, we, we'm sorry, we're going out of business. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was literally just kind of like, oops, turns out <laughs> Steve Heat's a bad idea. Our no, bad. Right there's the, so there's the church you're talking about, Presbyterian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the next two churches, the big Catholic church. Yeah. Right on the other side of the R5 tracks. Oh, sure, sure, sure. That was the Steve Heat Oh, that's where that was. Okay. I didn't know so what was there. Yeah. Demol- I remember seeing them demolish it. Wow. But my dad actually put in our boiler. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Because no one could do Everyone, everyone got this letter in like April that was like, like it's going down. You guys are going to have heat because yeah. there's nothing coming out of these pipes anymore. Yeah. And my mom said it was great. She said it was super cheap. It was going to make you wear these. Oh, man. <laughs> and my dad was a like engineer, inventor, whatever. Like, that's that's great. I mean, he grew up on Your a dad's farm. like a badass, right? Like he He was like born in 1913 in Connecticut on a, you know, lived through the depression and, and all that kind of stuff. Wow. And but like old school fixed everything. You know, we get toys and we'd be like this is crap and yeah. like rebuild it and be like I just want to play with it. You know? <laughs> Stop <laughs> fixing my toy. Yeah. yeah. Total, oh my god. Yeah. Like you know, they would disappear to his his he had a factory in Germantown. Sure. Still the building and there's stuff where I'm like, oh, God, that's what happened. <laughs> like, like, two years ago, I found stuff. And I was like, that's amazing. Now, did you ever go to, so there's a Presbyterian church right on City Line. Right. Then you mentioned the Catholic church. Between those two is an Episcopal church. Have you ever been inside of that church? Mm, a long time ago. So this is the thing about the church. So I went there when my mom was involved in this place. Uh, there was a resident who died, and she was a member of this Episcopal church. So I went. And this church was an Episcopal, like traditional Episcopal church, but it was a historically African American traditional Episcopal church. I think it was the first. Yeah, and so they like had the they had Whoa. a crucifix. Yeah, and on this crucifix was Black Jesus. Black Jesus, but not just any Black Jesus. Oh. Crew cut Black oh, Jesus, like, like flat with a fade? top, like faded. Oh, like like I've seen dreadlock Black Jesus. I've seen Afro Black Jesus, and I'm for it. Like yeah, like okay, like, cool. G- yeah, I'm with yeah. It. Like like let me just put this out there for those of you who don't know or are new to the show. You know, I'm down with the JC, but I'm definitely. Did you know that? Did you know that Liam's like down with the, down with the king? I am. I am. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he knows. He's listening. But I'm a, I'm a little on the outside. So like for me, like James Cone was the first one, the first theologian that was like Jesus is black, and like he was like, a Jesus is historically not white, which is true. Uh-huh. B uh, the racial mix that he was probably would not be considered white or even close to white mm-hmm. but then three because in our society the way that we treat uh people who are african-american jesus is black like you do not the way that you treat black people is how you would treat jesus god is black everything about god is black god uh, is black and wow. i had i knew that was a thing i didn't know much about it i hadn't been to school yet but i would see this church and see not only black jesus but Man was looking stylish. Like I'd never seen a Jesus. Flat top. But I, I get the. I, I'm, I'm, so hard. I feel like maybe the feeling was like we want Jesus to look how we want him. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the first. I actually I'm of the opinion that the first people who made white Jesus didn't actually. They weren't like yeah, this is what Jesus looked like. They were making a Jesus that looked like them. That's what yeah. they wanted. Was Jesus mm-hmm. to look like me? So I feel like that's what the Jesus. I doubt whoever made that was like. No nah, man, Jesus had a sick fade. Like Jesus was <laughs> for real. Like I doubt that was. I doubt that, that was, was the thing. But it doesn't matter. The point is, wow. I had never seen that before, and this was before. This was in my 
pre going to church days. So seeing Black Jesus, all of a sudden, you think that would not be that revolutionary, but at the time for me, I was like, oh, that's new, that's different, yeah. that's unexpected, and it was the first thing where I thought maybe church people aren't one monolith of bullshit, right? Though they, though they mostly are, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> so it's like a seventy-five percent ratio. <laughs> Fair enough. So that Episcopalian church was the one that that set you off down that path of heterodox. <laughs> no, I mean that, that made me think maybe church wasn't so bad. But then, I mean, I think everyone who converts gets on like a bullshit train for a while. Yeah, because that's you know the first people that sort of welcome you are probably the people who are welcoming you because they like have other ulterior motives anyway. Like they really uh. like have an agenda, you know. So it took me my own. I mean, that was I really think the only reason I'm not crazy pants is because my mom. Like that's my mom's, and she listens to the podcast. So this is this is because of you, mom. The reason I'm not a crazy person is because of your influence. <laughs> I mean, that's probably why I also have like anger problems as my yeah, as well. That's, what, that's, that's what the punk rock you know, is for, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Take that's the good the with the bad. For that. Hey, you know, no. It's All right. Perfect. So, do we want to do before yeah, we let's... get too far into what John Paul we're going to do? Though I really love that we talked about Overbrook. I think that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> we should do the, our whacking on track. Yes, let's do it. Whacking on track, John Paul. Would you like to start us off, or do you want to go last and then we'll and then? Yeah, we can give you if you need time. We can give no, you time. I was, I was thinking about this. I uh, gave John Paul the heads up. Yeah, yeah, we went over this. Well, yeah, and, that, and you know, when you first said about showing up, I was like, oh, man, let's go on track. <laughs> okay, I got it on track, I think. All right, go All ahead. Right. I think I have to go with uh, Rocky on the Art Museum steps. Oh, you, okay. You, this is like a tradition. Yeah, they do this all the time. Well, this is like every, well, you know, Fourth of July is like yeah. a week plus in Philly, depending on what right, it's called. Right. I never actually made it out to that before. Uh, and what did you think? It's the big inflatable screen. Was Who sponsored it? It's not Awesome Fest. No, it's like the last time I did it was like Levi's or something. It might crazy be like, shit. but I think the people who actually put it on are just like Philly Parks and Rec. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah, I think so. And I got there, it was like a couple minutes into the very beginning of the movie. So if they did like a thanks to, you know, whatever our sponsors, I missed that. But uh, it's really fun. It was packed. Like, I love the outdoor movies in the summer in Philly. Mm. And, uh, but it was like, I rode my bike down from East Falls. So I came up the back of the art museum. Mm. All the way up to the top was packed with people. So it's, nice. I don't know, what's that, a thousand people? Yeah, maybe more? yeah, yeah, like yeah, for sure, yeah. It takes to fill it. And, you know, they, they had the subtitles on because they weren't blasting them. It's not as yeah. good as some of the other spots. But, like, there's something about watching that movie with a thousand. And then, you know, there's, like, the stuff where... Uh, George. Oh. Sorry, guys, sorry. Where, uh, like, Apollo says something about, like... You know, the great people of Philadelphia and the whole crowd's like, yeah! yeah. yeah. And so awesome. the two scenes where he runs up the steps. Yeah. People are like, oh, man. You can, like, feel yeah. the, the energy, sucks. dude. It's energy. all in there. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, if we're going to have a movie that's sort of like our cliche local movie, Rocky's a pretty, you know what I mean? It's not it, the, it could, there's dude. worse choices, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I've, I feel like they should show more than Rocky 1, though. You. It seems like every year for, I can't even tell you how long. You're not into it, or do you want Rocky Four? Here's the thing: That's Rocky One, though, is the most Philadelphia of the Rocky of movies. Of the Rocky well, canon, Rocky is it two or three that he's in? Two, the whole thing's in California. Uh, uh, I think that might be Rocky Three at that I think, point. I, I don't know. I'm yeah. the worst person to ask about this. For me, it's like <laughs> no. I think it's three. Where he's, I, I think it's three where he's training with Apollo, and the whole thing's like 
Yeah, because he's about to fight. Because he's going to fight. Yeah, because he's going to fight. Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang. Where, where Creed dies. Yeah, that's three. Yeah, no, Creed dies in the fourth one when he fights yeah. Ivan Drago. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, I, yeah. again, the fourth one is another example. He's not in Philly. He's in fucking Russia yeah, in the snow in training. California, yeah. Philly. So Rocky won. Now, here's the thing. I actually, this is embarrassing to admit for me, I have not seen Rocky Balboa. The one so, with Tommy Gunn, that one? The, no, no, no. He means the one that was like... The most oh, recent one. right, right. And I've been told that one's very Philadelphia, so I haven't seen it. And I, I will say that, that like... And the new one is too. Having been involved in the filming of the He's new one... He's in the new one. Did you know that? I'm an extra. I doubt you can see me. I didn't know that. But having ah. seen it and then watching the trailer, that one's going to be very Philly. Like, it feels very Philly to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, like... I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I, 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 there's not a lot of movies that... Even the movies that are set in Philly are, like, not that Philly, it feels like to me. Like, I mean, here's, well, here's the thing, like, because that's what I do for work. Sure. More TV, though, like reality TV than film. Yeah. Most of the stuff that's been shot here in the last five or ten years mm-hmm. isn't supposed to take place here. That's true. And there was a good couple of years, this is kind of going down film business rabble, but, like, at one point our tax credits were, like, I don't know, a point or something better than New York's. And that's why they were coming and shooting. There's that like Jason Statham film that was oh. here. Yeah. Right, yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the yeah. Broad Street, the people just like no, stumbled into. The uh, the extras ate lunch at Broad Street. Nice. But, but those were a lot of those movies were supposed to be New York. Oh, and they just pretended but, Philly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because like, of that tax credit. Yeah. Or yeah. and yeah, and New York's and our last governor kind of Banged up our tax credits, which is why World War Z packed up and left town. Yeah. They, were, they filmed in Scott. The Philadelphia part was in Scotland, right? They had been here, and I had friends at work, like doing locations, and they they had storyboards of the zombie horde coming over, like the JFK Bridge to Thirty Three. What? All that stuff was going to be, you know, the stuff that was Jersey airports yeah. was going to be like filmed in Pennsylvania because they're going to the crew was going to be here for at least that whole first piece of the movie. And then I think a lot of it they make a statement. And then once they once he made that line about cutting off corporate welfare to Hollywood or whatever, they were like, later days. And they, yeah, they went to Europe and faked Philly. Yeah. Okay, let's we let's get back on there. So Rocky on the Art Museum stra- steps on track. On track. On track. Cool. Anything else? It's, and you know, have you watched, like, have like, you done that, man? I watch like yearly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you watch it at least once a year. No. You don't watch it yearly. No, because it's... That's so old, man. It's like, yeah, no, no, I'm, I understand. I've seen it. Old, By this point, we've each seen it a million times. It's because it's like... Some of it's just like awkward. It's, yeah. It's a well-made film. I mean, yeah. I understand why, you know, like... Yeah, I don't know, but... There's not a lot of movies I'll sit down and watch a lot. Not so you're not one of those rewatcher dudes. Like, I've seen Star Wars 10 billion times. You're, are you like one of those guys? Or you know, no? I haven't watched. I love Star Wars. I mean, my, my dad took my. I don't know. I don't remember what year it was because I kept getting re released mm. on the tangent. But <laughs> my dad took my sister and I to go see Star Wars. And one of the times, I guess, because it couldn't have been 77, because I, I don't think I would remember that. I yeah. was three. But like. <laughs> I, but I know, you know, like it was like every year or two they put it back in theaters. And. Yeah. I remember seeing it and loved it. I couldn't even tell you how many times I've seen it, but mm-hmm. it's, I haven't watched the original trilogy in a while. And without the digital enhancements and all that. I think that's the best. That's yeah. the end of. I will probably rewatch uh, 
The Empire Strikes Back without the digital enhancements so, so many times. Yeah, but uh, the other VHS, two, the other two, <laughs> I'll play them like for people. Like if someone was like, "I want to watch Star Wars," I'd be like, "Cool, let's watch Star Wars." But I, I don't rewatch Star Wars. It's not something I come back to. Like I mean, when I, they did the one, two, and three, I went and saw all the other ones in the theater because yeah. I was. You, know. you had to, even though they're terrible. Well, oh no! The, uh, I, mean, I mean, I went and saw the original because the yeah, they re-released the them. Yeah, the yeah ninety-seven one. And I'm kind of a sucker for that. Like, like back in ninety-two or ninety-three when they did the director's cut of uh, Blade Runner. Yeah, they that was released on I guess VHS at that point. They did like an art house release of the Ritz. Nice. So a whole bunch of us from the radio station went and saw. So like we got to see that version. Oh, the big screen, yeah. the ultimate oh, a couple years ago. we haven't we haven't said this actually. What what from the radio station? What radio station? Oh, all right, WTU Drexel's radio station. It just occurred to me we didn't mention that. We're getting to it. We're we'll get to, to it. that. We'll get to that. But I just if someone was like the radio station, yeah, I'm sorry, that's where I've spent most of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, right. Okay, so whack. any other any other any so you don't have a whack. It's okay if you don't. We've had guests That's that have fine. not had wax. We'll, we'll, we'll support your posy nature. <laughs> it's not that I'm trying to be posy. <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you. I don't have a whack. Either. I've just been kind of busy, so I haven't been. I haven't. Well, I you know I haven't. It doesn't have to be a movie like a, either. It can be a show. Well, or that's what I was going to say. I haven't I haven't seen like a real stinker or a show lately. Yeah, it's been a little while since I was really disappointed. Oh, good for you, man. That's actually pretty good. That's great. That is, and that's saying that a lot. But there's maybe some bands where you're like, oh, I'm gonna go outside and talk to my friends. Yeah, this is, I haven't yeah. seen them in a while, you know. So, but I wouldn't call that whack. Not like you know, like a reunion show that was a major letdown or something. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. Because then I, yeah, then I have something to say. Except for when you went to see that reunion of that band, Major Letdown. That was actually really great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, whack, whack it on, on track. track. Whack, I saw Terminator Genesis. John Paul enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I hated it. Hated Holy it. shit. It was two hours of soap opera. You, ah. Okay, so if you listen to the podcast, <laughs> you know you know that we spoil, we spoil the shit out of stuff. So. Yeah, so, but we'll so, actually say it. I feel like if we say it, then it's cool. Josh so, is about to spoil I'm Terminator spoil the Genesis. Shit out of Terminator so maybe Genesis. fast forward like a minute or some bullshit. Yeah, no, yeah. Once like you hear the minutes. yelling stop, you know you're yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh dude, that Terminator Genesis was some piece of hooey for me. It was two hours. You don't kill Reese. How do you not kill Reese? The whole thing in the movie is that you kill Kyle Reese and then they go on to fight yeah. Terminators. Like yeah. you can't you can't have this and then okay, so now you're into all this weird alternate timeline thing. Which is what happens in the movie. They're sure. getting these phantom memories from places that they've not been, et cetera, et cetera. It's, oh, that's a different timeline. Here's my thing. In my opinion, the only good time travel movie is Looper. Time Cop. Oh, Looper, right. Looper oh. is fucking brilliant. Because Looper is why? really good. Because they don't do alternate timelines. It's just one weird linear story that turns in and, ab- in and around itself. Well, I think so, I think uh, Looper tries to make the point of like we're telling a story and we don't know if we got all the details right, but we don't really care. Yeah, so. <laughs> but it's so effective though. Yeah. You believe that you really thought you were going to say Time Cop. Time Cop is awesome. Oh man! Only because of the split on the sink. Number one. Yeah. And number two, the song the Iron Sheik wrote called Time Cop. Oh, awesome. I was going to say the line. <laughs> the line where they're like, "Wouldn't that cause a paradox?" And they go, "No." 
That's how they dealt with time paradox. It's time cop. Wouldn't that cause a paradox? No. Okay. Oh, done. Genius. Finished. Brilliant. Sol- Sorry, solved writing. physics. <laughs> solved quantum physics for all time. I, yeah, but you know when you're dealing with theoretical math and it's being written uh, by a screenplay writer. Are you about to defend time cop? No. Are you about? No. To, let's see. I've seen it in a long time. Though. But you were going to defend Terminator Genesis. I was going to say I enjoyed it. Did I expect to, like, enhance my physics classes? Oh, no. Oh, God. All right, my dog is running amok. George. Chihuahua versus fly. Who's going to win? How long before there's one of those movies, like, by the Sharknado people? Oh, Chihuahua Chihuahua versus versus fly. What if it starts right here? What if they're they're Cinepunks fans? (laughs) So, uh, So, yeah, Terminator Genesis, I thought that all the dialogue was bad. I thought that, uh, the other thing is, okay, so you're going to recast the guy to play Reese. I get it. If you're going to get Reese, have him do Michael Bean. Be Michael Bean from Terminator. He was the best Reese. You know what I mean? Like, be like weird, like, uh, like beaten down Reese. I don't like this boy band Reese that you get in this movie. He's a pretty ass Reese. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. That was, it was, it, it hit me pretty hard. It was two hours long. I had a hard time getting through it. But um, that is my whack. Another whack. Another whack? Yeah. Since we last talked. On track. Uh, another whack is that I went to the fucked up show. Oh at yeah. The International house. So we were. You, if you listened to the last episode, we were pretty stoked on this. Yeah, you were. yeah. I ended Dude. up skipping it. Uh, no defense. I just skipped it. So I love fucked up. I think that they are an awesome band. I think sure. I love the generation from Epics and Minutes to where they are now. Like I get it. It's really pretentious. Whatever. 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 Still awesome to me. I love David Comes to Life. Like, I love that record. Glass Boy is awesome. I think they're really, really cool. I don't... I'm personally of the opinion that um, Fucked Up has not done a bad record. Even okay. if I wouldn't say they're one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. I have a bunch of their stuff. Not everything. I'm not a collector, so I don't yeah. have everything. But I have a lot of their stuff. And nothing I have by them do I dislike. I like everything they've yeah. done. I Even if I'm not awesome. in love with them as a band. And they, they have that weirdo visual component. They have projections and all that, which I support. I like that. That band Doom Squad that opened up with them and played like some of the songs with them. So there were eight people, nine people on stage for sure. like the first half sure. of the fucked up set. Okay. So Milani and I were like, show starts at 8. We're going to get there at 8.30. We're going to miss that opening band. We're going to see fucked up and then go home. Because we're those kinds of people now. I'm sorry. I just don't have... I can't invest in different... Like, new bands that, like, I just don't give a shit about. You know, I mean, like, at this point, most of our friends are old and don't go to shows anymore, except for John Paul, who I see at every show. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. You do go to shows, though. I really appreciate that. I love I that. Like I've been slacking lately, too. But still, I see you at all the shows that, like, I'm, I'm sure you're going to Radioactivity at the end of the month at the Philomoca. Are you doing that? Maybe. I'm, well, well I just imagine I'll it, see you at all these shows. You yeah. can't hold him down. I'm not holding it's you a, back. I'm just saying. Thing, you know? uh, I, got I, my, I got my This Is Our Chord 48 Pass. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was a high five. There was a high five. Sorry. We just high fived off, like off mic. Topic. Right. This is our chord. But let me finish with the fucked up thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we I'm got curious, there late. I wanted to go to that. We got there was late. That last, it was uh, last. It was Thursday. on a Sunday. Sunday. It was a Sunday. So it wasn't. This Two past Sunday, ago, the was, Sunday before. Okay, I wasn't even playing. I really so, wanted to go, and I just couldn't make it happen. So me and Milani go there a half hour late, and the show had started on time, as far as I know. We walk into the big auditorium where we see all the shows for Exhumed and everything. Right, right. Everybody's sitting down. And that was my... Dude. Feeling. 
weird. It was so weird. Everyone was sitting down, and this Doom Squad band, a collective from Toronto, from whence fucked up hell, sure, are on stage. There's three of them: two girls on keyboards and a guy with a guitar. The man is wearing gypsy pants. He looks like one of the gauchos that works at Fogo de Chao. I know you're vegan; that's not a thing. But I'm just saying, for if you go there, they, they wear I the big. Say, if your band's called Doom Squad, I would expect like rappers. Like, I don't know hip hop. That's what I imagine. Oh, see, I would like, expect like you know. Black pyramid studs on a black vest. Sure, like, I'm know, with like that. Doom. But you're not. But, but you're not picturing like new age chips. Yo, they had a candle on stage. They had a candle on stage, and then this one person was like, "You guys aren't moving up." Like someone in the crowd. So him and this lady were standing right in front of him by themselves. Well, all the punks, dude. All the dudes in tattoos and like like punk rock shirts and all this stuff were sitting down, and there were like hippie people dancing at the front. Like, have you ever seen? people dancing at like a Bonnaroo video I, I, neither of us have ever gone to Bonnaroo <laughs> but you know what I mean like when they show people dancing with no shoes on I feel this like kind of you thing, asking if I've even watched a I Bonnaroo know, video I know. is it's like asking awesome. if I've broken edge recently or <laughs> something so like, good. dude and I'm dead serious that's what it looked like a lot of jumping up and down you know and it was just so weird it was the I said it and I'll say it again it was like a scene where you open the door to a, tr- a ninja training facility like it was like waking up with your head sewn to the carpet. It was the weirdest thing. It was not. It was t- so weird. Get to the fucked up part. But then fucked up came See, on. Did you get Yo, that though? I said the good. fucked and up. And that part. is my that is my on track for the week. Because oh. let me tell you something. Fucked up were awesome, dude. Oh, I thought you said so they were good. good. They were awesome, dude. Oh, they, wow. I mean, like here's the thing. Also, and I love fucked up. I think they're awesome as we established. They played some of the stuff from Epics and Minutes, like the early stuff. And that was at the end of them doing, like, the year... They did Year of the Hair. They did Year of the Dragon. Like, they did sure, all, like, sure, the sure, Chinese sure. Zodiac stuff. And when they were done, they were like, let's do this song. Let's do that song. And they went crazy. And they looked so stoked. Whereas for the all the other indie rock stuff, they were just kind of standing there and playing. Which is cool. I get it. But, man, they are still one of the best bands. They're still so good live. I do you, do you think it's possible that, that the indie rock stuff, though, like, part of the reason they're chillaxed when they play that is because it's hard to play? It's definitely hard to play. I can't imagine. I mean, like, when I was in Belgas, we had to count, like, long songs, you know what I mean, that were, like, t- 12 minutes long. But, like, and seeing that done, like, I, it's hard. But you got a singer. So I imagine, like, number one, you don't have to just count all the notes like the way we had to. What does he do while they're, like, he, does he, he have any? He dances around and, like, he just, he lost, like, a lot of weight. He lost, like, 150 pounds. Oh, wow. So he's just, like, this weird skinny fat man with, like, a beard. And like, weird, <laughs> yo, it's bizarre. Because the first time man. I saw that band, he was crazy looking. He was insane big and just like looked like a fucking maniac. Like he looked crazy. Now he just looks like this weird guy in basketball shorts with a huge beard that screams like his nuts are on fire. So that all to say that that was totally on track. That was awesome. Fucked up were great. The other on track thing mm-hmm. is that I saw Turbo Kid in the park with my dear friend Liam what? on his birthday. What? Turning 21 for the seventh time. So sweet. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense yeah, because then I would only be 28. 29. Yeah, I know. Uh, 29? I, just, I couldn't do I the know. math really quick while I was making the joke. Thir- I'm, I'm 36. I'm 36 <laughs> years old. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. 36 years young. Young. Holla. Yeah. Dude, Turbo Kid was so good. Have you seen this movie? Do you know about this movie at all? I Turbo know, but I haven't seen Oh my god, dude. It's The year is 1997 and the world has been plunged into a apocalyptic dystopia. So yeah. awesome. 
I, oh my god! I would actually Michael say, Ironsides is in that movie. I would actually say. Um, <laughs> I would actually so say good. for Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid is the movie that I think Kung Fury wants to be. Yeah, totally agree. It's, I think it, it, it because it's more subtle. I mean, I'm wrong. Like Kung Fury has a few over the top. Have total... you seen Kung Fury, John Paul? It's the one. It's on YouTube. It's, it's like, only uh, a half hour long. It's like yeah. uh, weird. They fight Nazis and Hitler's a kung fu master. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, Kung Fu is a different kind of movie in that it's ridiculous. But I think in the idea of like, oh, I really respect a certain kind of 80s movie and I'm giving homage to that time period and mm-hmm. I'm kind of referencing it in a humorous way. I feel like in that sense, Turbo Kid kind of kills it Yeah, totally. by not going totally ridiculous, by trying to give... Not By to trying to the, play it straight. And not that the story has a lot of heart, quote-unquote, or any, anything like that. It's not a very sentimental movie. But because it has some reality, it has some layer, it has some aspect of character development to it, yeah. when it does go off the rails, which it does go... A lot, yeah. Off, I mean, we won't ruin it for you, because that, like... That's the kind of spoiler that if you heard it... That's just unfair. It will yeah. be less surprising and less interesting. But the point is is that it pushes the envelope after it's given you enough... I mean, even the playing it straight is a little tongue-in-cheek, but not to the total jerk-off point of uh, Kung like Fury. Kung Fury, yeah. where it's just like... Blah, 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 blah. Everything is a joke. Yeah. Everything is ridiculous. No. This is more like, oh, it's kind of straight, but the way that we're playing it as kind of normal is Makes still pointing funnier. out yeah. some of the silliness of it. Yeah. yeah. So that was way on point. I or on track. I, loved I it, had yeah. a wonderful night that night. It was good seeing everyone. Good yeah. celebrating your birthday. Thanks, man. And uh, participating Aww. in Awesome Fest. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big cool. support to Awesome Fest. Yeah. Josh gave you a birthday shout out. That was really he, nice. He did. Of him. He gave you me a birthday shout out. That. No, 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 no. No one no, cares, no, no. but no. we care. No one cares about me. So, but I cheered. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if you heard me, but he's like, Happy birthday, my friend Liam. And in the background, you might have heard one guy be like, Yay! I mean, the people around me cheered, <laughs> and then a couple people I didn't know clapped, and I was like, that's funny. If he had wished you a happy birthday, I wouldn't have clapped. <laughs> I thought, man, I'm not a good guy. Um, no, amazing. yeah, but a lot of respect to Josh. I mean, we we wanted to support Awesome, awesome Fest. Fest. You know, he's still going through the legal battle, and uh, I I'm I'm actually you know I think we still want to be involved with Awesome Fest as Cinepunks. Like we want to yeah you know help out. I mean, granted. He's on a very limited schedule and he can only do so much, but we just like him a lot. Now, again, like a veteran in the Philadelphia hardcore scene too. Yeah, like this is the, this is what I will say because I've had people be like, "Oh, Josh, who's that guy?" Because he he came out to some shows and stuff and whatever. Mm-hmm. And some of the younger kids don't know who he is, and I'm like, like, there's a lot you can say about Josh, especially when it comes to film. But mm-hmm. one thing I think any hardcore kid should respect is. Uh, if you are from this area, or likely from anywhere, mm. you've seen the Hellfest 2004 Bad Luck 13 footage. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And there's yeah, yeah, multiple yeah. camera <laughs> angles, and the stage camera angle is Josh. And Josh had just come from the shore to Hellfest. So uh, one of the things about Josh, which you may think is cool, or you may think is a not cool thing, is that he likes flip-flops. And so he showed up at Hellfest in his beach outfit, which was like a tank top, his actual swim shorts, and flip-flops. 
to film the Bad Luck 13 set. Oh, so, wow. uh, he great. walked away with not one, not two, but multiple stitches for his foot what? from various broken bottles and oh, things and fluorescent lights and whatever on stage. Yeah. Yeah, he can tell the, like, we should have him on sometime to, I mean, we should have him on anyway. But I, one of the things I'll ask him about is the story and he can tell you guys. He's literally like hanging at the shore with one of the dudes from All Us Failed and they're like, oh, let's go to Hellfest. See, wow. bad luck. Oh, film it. Oh, here's a fluorescent light bulb against your flip flop foot. You yeah, know, guess like, what? So, but I mean, doctor. I mean, you should have respect if you're if you're a hardcore kid because you've probably watched his fucking footage on YouTube. Yeah, I've been like, what guy got this shot from stage? Wow, Josh Goldblum. Awesome. There you fest. go. Good dude. Awesome dude. And also just a great guy. He's a yeah. nice dude. So that's um, my final on track. Cool. So for me, whack it on track. Uh, on track. I gotta say has been lately the repertory film experiences I've had at Awesome Fest. Uh, and the but Mahoning I, Drive-In. And the Mahoning Drive-In. The Mahoning Drive-In has been killing it, y'all. They like, have been I doing have some been... amazing films. And it bums me out that we haven't managed to get out there, but, like, yeah. dude, it's, it's I mean, busy. We went, we, so me and Suze went to one night. They were showing um, Road Games, which oh. is... So, wait, so the first movie they... Sh- they showed was a movie called this is actually going to be my whack and there's nothing that's Mahoning Drive-In but the only thing I've watched recently that I actively did not well there's two things but I'll focus on this one first is <laughs> I went to a triple feature at the Mahoning Drive-In and the first movie they showed was Strain, uh, Rider on the Rain Rider hey. on the Rain it's wow. an Italian film with Charles Bronson who, by the way, I only remember Charles Bronson's name every time because of the band Charles Bronson. Right. I go, I go wait, the Death Wish guy, his name is Charles. Uh, oh, yeah, Charles Bronson. Because I like Charles Bronson. Anyways, Anyways, point being, this is a Charles Bronson movie you do not want to see. It is so bad. Really? Uh, not, wow. not in a way where I'm like, I'm so pissed I saw it. But in the end, it's more frustrating than an enjoyable. Right. It's like a weird uh, a woman is raped. Weird. And she ends up killing for some reason the rapist just stays in her house. So she like wakes up, she goes downstairs, she finds this dude, shoots him, and decides like I gotta take care of this and I can't tell anyone, so I'm gonna get rid of the body and won't report to cops. And the next day Charles Russell just shows up and wants to know what happened to this guy. And then this like complicated mind game begins where he's like manipulating her and trying to figure out what happened and this, that. And then it turns out he's in the army and this might be part of the government. And then he gets her to go on this other goose chase. And it just keeps getting more and more complicated where I'm like, why is he doing this? Why doesn't he just say like, yeah, I know you killed that guy. It's fine. You know, like it's just, it's a really, it goes in all kinds of different directions and I don't know why. But then the next movie was Rogue Games. Uh, and Road Games. It sounded like you said Rogaine. No, Road Games. <laughs> Which, as a bald man, I, I was like, games, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Road tell Games me about is that a one. trucker. <laughs> Road Games is a, is a movie that combines the fun trucker movie of the 70s uh-huh. with the serial killer movie, oh. all filmed in Australia. So it is an exploitation movie. It has a, a Jamie Lee Curtis in it. What? Not used to her full potential. Right. Uh, and I already forgot the name of the guy who's in it. Oh, crap. I'm the worst at this. Anyways, the point is, it, it is so, it somehow manages to be both wacky and kind of disturbing in a way that I really, really appreciate. Oh, no. And I really appreciate. So, um, and then we stayed around for the third movie, which is, uh, which was a movie called Vice Squad. 
Mm. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, it has uh, uh, Wings Hauser in it. Wings Hauser. Wings Hauser <laughs> as a pimp named Ramrod. What is that? And the movie just gets more ridiculous from there. Right. It is, you know, uh, besides being um, just like one of my favorite kinds of movies, which is a really grimy exploitation movie. Exploitation movie. It's also sort of a masterful movie because it manages to make you very uncomfortable and have lots of awful things in it without ever showing you those things. Huh. So like a lot of the violence in it, a lot of the things a lot in the of movie, implied violence kind of it's thing. It's like implied, but the movie's so intense you never stop to think like, oh, that's weird that they cut there because you're still you're perfectly aware what they're cutting away from. They right. let you know, but they don't show you. And when I think about that, I don't think about it like because of decency or whatever. I feel like it's they do it as like a minimalist. So like a yeah. few times they do show you something uncomfortable, it's that much more uncomfortable because. Uh, you haven't seen that much stuff. Stacy Keach. Stacy Keach. Stacy Keach. Couldn't remember his name. Oh man, love that guy. I'm bad. He, I, uh, people who listen to podcasts learn. don't learn. I'm yeah. bad with names. We should always have IMDb open, but I'm we don't because we don't learn. I'm always like oh, that guy <laughs> in that thing, and then I always think, why doesn't <laughs> someone make an app? Like, you know, an app called. With uh, like, oh, yeah. There that's you go. True. Million oh, dollar idea right there. there. You know, like, put a hat. So, like I said, Mahoney Drive In. Then I also went back for the double feature of The Manitou and Howling. Nice. Oh, wow. Howling so is awesome. Yeah. The Manitou is really bad, but in a really fun way. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It is yeah. also. But if it's a twofer. Hey, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of worth it. It was kind of yeah. worth it. I watched Manitou on the couch in the living room. <laughs> I mean, if I got my car and drove. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. I, I didn't know. someone show it in Philly? Yeah, they showed Manitou. Exhumed did, didn't they? Yeah, so this is the Exhumed. I mean, a lot of these events, we, we're hyping up Mahoning Drive-In, and we're hoping to have them on the show at some point. But let's be clear. This is also Exhumed. It's the, yeah. the two partnering together. Uh, so, yeah, this is the, the same copy, probably. That, you know, whatever. But, right. Uh, and then we went on July 4th, as part of like my birthday weekend, mm-hmm. we went to a triple feature of Brazil... That's so awesome. They Brazil, live, they live and the in thing. the thing. Now, here's the issue. Ugh. Brazil is a long movie to start a triple feature, especially at a drive-in where they can't start showing movies till dark. Yeah, so it's so, like 9 o'clock. That's insane. So, yeah, so gonna... They Live ended at 2 in the morning. Whoa, and then they're going to do the thing I was going to stay the for the thing. I was going to stay for the thing, which meant I wouldn't get home until, until 4.30 in the morning because I Whoa. live kind of further away from the movie theater. But here's the issue. Fog rolled in. Fog rolled in so thick we couldn't see the end of They Live. What? We could just see shapes on the screen. So like, oh, and I man. never thought about that. Like, oh yeah, weather is a factor at a drive-in. Like that yeah. had not occurred to me. <laughs> That's such so a yeah. So uh, so we left, and oh. I feel bad because I left before the thing. But whatever. And the thing is one of my favorite John Carpenter movies. That is a period. Great, yeah, great movie. But big ups so to Mahoning Drive-in. I mean, that place is really cool. And like, without them. I don't know that I had seen that much. I mean, I haven't been able to get out to see some of the newer movies lately. Right. Okay. Um, so I feel like only because of their help was I able to see uh, some stuff. I mean, like we talked about last time, I did see Ex Machina and things yeah. like that. But I haven't been to anything that just came out. And there's a lot of things that I want to see, just haven't yeah. been able to do it. Now, I will say, um, recently I watched a movie. Uh, you know, you guys know, I've talked about it on here. I've talked about it in uh, Synapse. I like Fandor a lot. And Fandor is a, for those of you who don't know, it's is a, a streaming app. service yeah. that focuses on more like artsy movies. And they had a movie on there called Uncertain Terms. 
about a guy who uh, goes, he has, he has a split with his wife, mm. and he goes to live with his aunt. And his aunt runs a home for pregnant teens. Okay. And so he's working for his aunt, and these teens are there. And then slowly this like awkward romance develops between him and one of these pregnant teens. And of course it doesn't end well, and he gets back together with his wife. Spoiler, I don't give a right. fuck. Because the movie <laughs> was so awkward and bad. And like, no I good. love awkward movies. I love yeah. awkward indie films awkward with comedies. possibly ambiguous moral implications. That sounds awesome. <laughs> and this this movie was not awesome. No. It was really the, the worst case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It really, huh. it really kind of bummed me out. And I know, like, I, I'm not usually into, like, shitting on some random movie you're never going to see. But yeah. it's just... It but you anno- watched it, so you it feel like you've me. earned it. It annoyed me enough that I feel like I have to mention it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Totally yeah. whack. Oh. And that's that's because like some people are like I don't know which one I got I watch man who are these curtains people are so uptight about penis mutilation come on Uh, yeah you know a movie called Piranha had a big old floating pee pee in there just saying I saw it the remake anyway so 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 John Paul it seems like uh, well let's let's talk about this first. Why do you I was gonna say something. oh oh I'm sorry no you go ahead that's fine there's not a plan I have a plan oh. I was going to just comment on the fact that John Paul is actually a cinepunk. Yeah. Like, involved in the cinema cinepunk, as opposed to just a punk who has opinions about movies, <laughs> which is sort of where we are. And that's totally an accident. <laughs> well, let's sure. talk about that. So, okay. here's the thing. When did, I, when did I first meet you, John Paul? I met you... During Halo, when Warren was in Halo. No. Or did I meet you before? That. No, I met you through Ed Walker, perhaps. Maybe, because I knew Ed from Drexel. Yeah. Radio station. And we met at the Stalag like a million years ago. Okay. That was when that was when I met you, I believe. And you still wore leather jackets and all this kind of stuff. Okay. And then you became <laughs> like you became like the sound dude for movies. And I just remember like I saw you a bunch of shows and then friend of the podcast Matt Garrett came oh, yeah. over and he screened Beating Hearts and he screened um Morris County with us. Well, I say screened. I mean, we sat around my house and ate Chinese food, <laughs> and we, uh, yeah, 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 we watched, we watched the. DVD no, it sounds with, better. I should say. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I'm no, we screened uh, it with director Matt Garrett. Enthusiasm tonight. <laughs> yeah, to myself. We're having a screening of uh, Seinfeld tonight. But anyway, so uh, yeah, and then um, when we watched Beating Hearts first, and when the credits were rolling, it had your name on it, and that's when I was like, wait a minute, John Paul is like the man. That was my first thought. And I was like, so Matt, you're like friends with John Paul, like the dude that likes seven seconds a lot. And he was like, yeah, 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 that's my friend. He did the sound. And I was like, no shit. And that was when I realized, like, oh, man, John Paul is like a fucking awesome guy. Like, seriously, like not trying to blow smoke or anything like that. But that was when, like, it dawned on me, like, wow, John Paul's really, really fucking cool. Other than, like, it is a little weird that he's caressing John Paul's face right now. I know, but he's got a beautiful beard stubble. So what am I supposed to do? But anyway. So um so so let's talk about that. Like I know you through the punk scene. I know you through the hardcore scene. Yes. And um and Liam has a theory that if you oh. hang around in Philadelphia long enough, every single place that you're going to be at has going to have someone from the punk rock hardcore scene filtered through it. As in That's actually yeah, I think that's true. That's I, your theory. I, yeah. So you're that dude. <laughs> Cuz I've been going to shows a long time. Yeah. Like I, when, when yeah, when did you first start going to shows? See, I I have an older sister, so I had the older sister. Oh, wow. Yeah, totally. Who, she's four years older than me. Right. So, I was probably, like, ten, and she <laughs> came home with 
she had somewhere at school met like a punk, you know, because there's always kind of that like, what yeah. was your first introduction to it? And like, she came home with first things I remember: Sex Pistols record, Let Me Jelly Beans Comp, Circle Jerks, right? Uh, you know, stuff like that. And at some point, I was just like, "What is that?" You know, that that like that moment. moment, yeah. And then. Because I'm 41, so when I was, say, like, 12... Sure. That's when, like, Michael Jackson Thriller was what everyone in school was listening to. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, this is garbage. I was, like, 12, and I was like... <laughs> so it was either... Have you since retracted? Brains, Have you that's since a shame. Thriller is Jackson sick. Thriller, though? No, can't, can't stand oh MJ, God. period. Oh, you're so crazy. Wow. I mean, I'd like to think that I'm... It's that it's not for me, you know. Right. Like, okay. Like Michael Jackson records and the Beatles and all that can just go into like a black hole and I don't care. Because like, it has no influence on my life. That is amazing. I would like to Whoa. say I'd like to say it says something about my musical taste that you comparing Michael Jackson to the Beatles just offended me. Like so many people in America would be like, "Oh man, I can't believe that the Beatles are so much." And I'm like. How dare you say that about MJ <laughs> comparing him to the dirty, filthy Beatles? Just, you know, it's just, I just don't care. And I, I know you guys have talked about this, like stuff that people are so hyped on. Yeah, sure. That you're sure. just like, yeah. it's like, I can't even ignore it. Like, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of top 40 music. You can just be like, it just doesn't affect me. You know, maybe I hear it when I'm, I don't know, at the gas station or something. But right, like, right, sure. Right. I don't even know what this is, kind of. But like, <laughs> so yeah, I was that, you know. So when did this? Be- so when did it become like a lived reality for you, where you're showing up at shows and being a part of what was going on? Maybe first show I went to, I was probably like 13. Again, my sister took oh my to god see McRad, ah, of course, and yeah, and a band called Nixon's Head, an old Philly band, right? And uh, it was like a daytime. It was maybe even been like a Fourth of July show, actually. Like but it was like out in the suburbs, and there was like fireworks after or something, and you know, and there's like punks and skins because it was probably like 1987 or something. Mm-hmm. And then at school, it was around the time where a bunch of the metal kids. I went to a small school; it was like a hundred kids in my grade. A couple of the kids that were kind of into, and when I say metal, I mean like Quiet Riot, Twisted Sister, you know, MTV in the 80s. <laughs> right, metal, right, 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 right. Got into skateboarding somehow, and then because of Thrasher in the 80s. Mm, they they discovered like the misfits, and, yeah, and that was back when like yeah. McGrath had like Beware Records had like full page ads of like mm-hmm. Miss, you know, McGrath, Drunk Engines, whatever stuff like, yeah, like wow. skate punk was punk, yeah, and then all of a sudden it was kids to trade tapes with, yeah, sure, so sure, was, sure, and then somehow we found KDU, mm-hmm. and like even before my sister ever thought she was going to go to Drexel, she went to Drexel before I did. We would listen to KDU whenever, especially driving around. You know, it was always like. Oh, I want to go with Alexandra to get pizza, you know, mm. like hanging out with her. And then when she went to Drexel, being like 14 and getting to go down to that radio station That's to visit awesome. her. Yeah. Show, like that record library. I mean, you've seen it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, I've never been in there. It sounds I've amazing. It. Yeah. It's, it's they, like flipper records and just like all like a bunch of weird records that I remember seeing. It's really it's, overwhelming. It's yeah. like I'm the first sure. time I was in there, it was like, yeah, you can listen to records in the backup control room while I do my show. And I was just like... I don't, I don't even know where... You know, and this was before MP3s on the internet, so it was, like, records that I've never heard, but yeah. I've heard, you know, like, yeah, so... 
I don't know. And then I wanted to stay in Philadelphia and be an engineer. So it was like, yeah, Drexel. It's like one of the best engineering schools in the world. Yeah, you sure, always sure. wanted to be a sound engineer? That was the thing. No, no, no. I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. Oh, wow. And I was in school for mechanical engineering, and then it kind of didn't work out. No, just wasn't into it. I uh, switched to night school and then just kind of got derailed. Life, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, wow, it's getting longer. But uh, <laughs> from like day one at Drexel, that I was there, like, went down to the radio station and was like, yes, yes, yeah. And mm-hmm. I knew some of the people because of my sister. And that was actually where I met little Mikey, mm-hmm. like, of Stalag 13 founding fame. Right, right, Like, right. he was the first person I met at Drexel that we were both freshmen together. Mm. And, you know, kid in, like, leather jacket, seven-second shirt, something like that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, hey, <laughs> let's be friends. And, uh, but then doing production work, which we were talking about, well... Off the air, so it doesn't matter. Right. But uh, doing that, and then fast forward to a couple of years ago, Charles mm-hmm. of Charles like, Kids United III. fame. Yeah. And uh, and he's like a he he went to California for a couple of years for film. He went to film school at Drexel. Oh. And then did grad school in California. And when he came back, him and my high school friend Rob, that did the movie Neighbor and Cold Hearts and stuff, mm-hmm. Rob somehow got this like hired gun gig to direct this like $100,000 film in Delaware and it was he was like well if you'll let me rewrite it I'll just rewrite it to do and it was like real low budget mm-hmm. and then he brought on Charles because he's like I don't know how to how do you produce a movie that low yeah and then Charles of course is like and actually Eric produced it too Eric of Philomoka fame yeah Eric Bresler so the, the podcast Bresler yeah this this uh, movie and it was the we don't have enough money to hire a professional sound person, but we, you know, we did bands and, and public affairs shows for years at the radio. Sure, show. yeah, and uh, that's how I kind of got just how you ended up into in it. it. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever have your own show on KDU? I still do. Oh yeah, tell which what fill us in on all those details. Is you and, and is it you by yourself? Or? Yeah. What time on Sundays? Right now, eight p.m. to ten p.m. Was it always that time, or has this moved around? It's when I was like a student, I would you know every every term it would change, and mm-hmm. it was kind of like you know nine a.m. to noon, like slots no one wanted, kind of or right, Sunday, right, right. Friday afternoons at one point, and then I mean I've been on Sundays for like twenty years at this point. Wow! I no, I definitely have listened to your show. That's amazing. Like I remember thinking because you know everyone from well, first of all. If you're from Philadelphia and KDU wasn't a part of your life, then I don't trust you. Like, I don't know, like, people from this area who were like, oh, I never really listened to KDU. I'm like, is that because you're a cop? Or, like, what is, like, I don't understand that. But anyone from this area who does know KDU knows, like, the weekend starts, you look for other radio stations. For me, because it's just like reggae overload. And and my issue with the reggae overload is the shows where they don't even play a full song. Like, they put a song on, but then they're just talking over it. Love it over the years. I'm sure I would have, but this is when I was in high school. When I, I could, but I knew about the Sunday show because I knew. Oh, on Sunday it switches to other stuff because I I listen to KDU now. Now that I don't live in the city and I'm mm-hmm. in the city, I'll put on KDU even if it's the rate because I'm just I miss it. Yeah, I miss KDU not being in the city anymore. <laughs> Though I do listen to a, a lot of just regular NPR now because I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> no, that's I I listen to KDU or NPR like WHYY the Philly NPR's affiliate. Or my phone. Oh, I also <laughs> listen to Boom or whatever it is. The uh, old school hip hop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good I time. I listen to that one too. 
<laughs> but we need to have a dis- we do need to have a discussion with them about what constitutes old school. Yeah, dude, it's weird these days. But, but yeah, no, like I just because I knew I was like I th- I think John Paul had a show. I didn't know when it was. But you saying like, oh, it's been Sunday, Sunday nights for like twenty years. I'm like, oh, I'm thirty six. So that was when I was sixteen. Oh yeah, no, I listened to that. That was a huge show in my life. That was a big, big thing for me. Yeah, and there's do, you, there's do you get that a lot? Do you get a lot of people being like, "Yo, because of your show, I found X, Y, and Z bands." See, like, changed my going life. Back to Charles. Charles used to be on after me, mm-hmm. and for years. And there's times where, at one point, my show was like 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. We used to just the way the slot in the sure the, the slots would change, mm. and. I think it was before Kate before like remember there was a period in like the nineties where there was nothing on Sunday nights on TV. It was like the yeah. Simpsons maybe people yeah. watching No, it that's true. That's yeah. it. Before yeah. like HBO and you know yeah. all the young like punk kids would just they would all hang out at the station and just do work and then like I did my show, kids are on after I mean we'd sometimes stay until like six in the morning, even back when we would actually turn off the transmitter. Yeah. That's and awesome. then you know, all the kids that were in art school were doing projects, and they were mm. like, no, 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 don't leave. You know, they would actually call up and be like, keep playing music, you're keeping me up. And, but Charles and I, when our shows overlapped, the two of us would just get into it, much like you two on the air, and just like, you know, fuck around. And those times where him and I were in a restaurant, and we're like fighting over like what we're going to get is like an appetizer or something, you know, some like pseudo-American Mexican thing. And then someone's like... You guys do a radio show on Sunday nights? Yes. Like yes. It's rare enough that it totally catches us off guard. Guy That's had absolutely hilarious. no idea what our names were. Didn't and it's just like hearing our voices and the way that we like fight because we've known each other for like twenty years. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those like that was our giveaway. I'm just gonna apologize That's now. Hilarious. I don't know if it was you, but there was a period in the late nineties where I oh. called so many times to hear the same Caven song over and over again. <laughs> and there was there was one host I talked to that was definitely like, yo man, I can't I can't find it, man. Just stop calling. <laughs> like I dude who called about Caven, we're not gonna play it. I can't find it. Leave me alone. And I felt kinda bad. But there was I was obsessed with that song. I kept calling for this one Caven song over and over again. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll the the worst is the where you know someone's calling to request their own band. Oh, oh no, wow. yeah, that's not cool. Like, that oh, you know what? Hey, man, can I make you chicken requests? And they're like, yeah, the request lines are open. Like, you know, I don't know what that means. And uh, they're like, you know what would really go with what you're playing? And it's some some band you've never heard of, yeah. or like someone you only know from seeing in like show yeah. online. Yeah, and you're like, they totally uh, are calling. Like sometimes, and spoiler alert, we have caller ID now. Ah, so you'd be suckers. like. This dude's calling from some others, and it's like he's some A and R douchebag, like calling. I'll be, I'll be for real. I grew up listening both to PRB and KDU. Yeah, and and even though KDU was the more like punk station, I never heard on KDU someone be like, "Oh, that was the paper on the record for twenty minutes." My bad. <laughs> but like PRB, See? dude, definitely left, came back. It was like, oh, that was not any music. You were just listening to the paper on the record. I know that. That, that, yeah. Did that happen? Oh, You've done yes. that? Oh, man, that's great. I, I think there's a, there's a statute of limitations, right? With FCC? Yeah, 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 totally. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, yeah, what because people know? used to run out during the day to go to the food carts. used to be right outside the station on sure, Chestnut Street. Sure, And then you come in and you're like, oh, that seven inch was not that long. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I've done that where it's like... <laughs> <laughs> or maybe... God, I hope we can't get in trouble for this. Definitely someone that came down 
back in the days where he turned off the transmitter. Yeah. Missed like the last train home or something, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm going to the station." And I, and then he was charged up because he was out at a show or at the bar or something. Mm-hmm. Goes on the air and falls asleep on the air while playing vinyl. Wow. And I remember hearing this story where some like 18 year old little freshman like indie rock girl doing her first show comes down. 6 a.m. by herself, so the whole building's dark, and there's, like, the sensors that turn on the lights. Uh-huh. She goes in the station. She's like, what's that noise? <laughs> and then goes in and just sees some dude, like, uh, like falling asleep, like, like, like face down out? on the console. Oh, man. And the record's just going, <laughs> and he's like, what do I do? I don't know this guy. You know, and how long has he been out? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That sounds like fun. Was it fun, though? Do you do you have fun still at KDU? Do you enjoy it? Like, is it like, I mean, like, you know, whenever I think about radio stations and, like, punk rockers, I imagine, like, you know, just wacky shit going on all the time. Like, glowworms and, like, fucking. Well, I find myself wondering, like, do you play is there a, a desire? Like, I feel like when I, if I had a radio show and I'm like in college or just after college, I'm looking for the new shit. I'm trying to hype stuff. Yeah. Do you at 42 still get excited to do that? Are you like, hey, look, here's a song. I've probably played it 50 times <laughs> yeah. on the show, like, but I like this song. God's so Forgotten you. People yeah. Comp, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's song, definitely, like, there's definitely certain songs that I've probably played hundreds of times over the sure, years. Sure, sure. But then there's still, no, there's still new stuff. I mean, we. We always, always have tried to encourage people to play new releases. Mm-hmm. And, like, you've been in the station, right? Yeah. A so long, long time ago, though. I have never been, and I would love to go. <laughs> I used to seriously fantasize about being a DJ, but then I was like, I'm not going to a school that has a radio station just so I could be. Now, to be fair... Uh, there what? are people that have, over the years, come... That was what put Drexel over the top. With no, when I when I was so I thought and about, these were not people that wanted to become I, professional music industry. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought engineers and I definitely thought IT about guys. it. I definitely thought about it, but it wasn't a school for me, so I didn't. But at, when I was at Rutgers and Camden, they said they had a radio station. Oh, they did. Yeah, it's just the fucking speakers in the cafeteria. Where were you there? And they're well, so I left in two no in ninety nine. Mm. I knew someone that was there early mid nineties. Maybe maybe that's all it was. It was broadcasting on the Yeah, and then they eventually broadcasted on the internet and it actually got Whoa. a little bit of exactly like no big deal. <laughs> but it was like the they were doing it before when they started being on the internet, I was like, Oh, that's cool because I'm sure people were doing it, but I didn't know much about it at the time. Right. Uh but I think uh honestly a lot of what was going on there was a smoke and mirrors thing, so that the girl who's running the station could get free hookups from like record labels uh, and she ended up working for victory later on uh, in life and wow. things like that but like i remember being Good like her, I guess. what are the what are the fcc rules they're like we don't broadcast <laughs> and the issue with that being is like i used to play some crazy stuff and it would just be in the cafeteria and i felt bad that people yeah, were see, hearing that's my why music we don't broadcast in the cafeteria right even though we're over fm it's like yeah People always were like, we should be broadcasting the student center where Drexel's student radio. It's like, nope. <laughs> They're going to hear, like, oh, yeah. you know, I, I don't even know. Like, what, you know, whatever whatever it is that is not, that's going to that's gonna make people go on, like, this is where the money's going? Can I, can I bring up a KDU gripe to you? Please. <laughs> I have no official, but I, you know. I know, I no, 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 and this has nothing to do with you, and you can totally dismiss I'm, I'm, it. I mean, but I'm I feel like, but I feel like, as a cinema person, you might understand where I'm coming from. Okay, the pretentious film students, or whatever that show is called. Yeah. See, here's the thing. 
I'm from a different generation. Sure. Like when I when when there was like when I started there in the '90s, and then yeah. even before, but I didn't. You know, you don't know the behind the scenes like stuff. That would have to me. It's it's weird, but I think it's because I'm from a different era, where that would have never flied. The whole we are a non-commercial station. So either and either way, promoting something that's a commercial project like a movie, because let's be real, it is. You know, mm. talking about like Terminator, Jurassic World, or even something indie. Yeah. Or trashing something like that. Like that was so like I couldn't even go on the radio and be like, "Oh my God, we're going to see Blade Runner director's cut tonight." Back in 1993, like right. I would have been in trouble for talking about something commercial. See, and, yeah, uh, all they, the all they do, all they do is talk about movie. I mean, they play songs, I guess, to like just no, no. But the that's show. their and that's there's definitely been a shift where that's. I feel like that's why I, it the whole thing strikes me as totally weird. But I know that I have this ingrained like you can't yeah. do that like right. you know it just rubs me as as just it strikes, the old it strikes me as weird that it's called pretentious film majors and these people are having in-depth conversations on the new transformer movie <laughs> they're just not pretentious <laughs> enough where's the pretension you know what i mean like I, I remember it came on i was like oh pretentious film majors this is going to be so annoying and then it was for the opposite reason <laughs> that they weren't pre they did not enough pretense not even you a little talking bit about films that you guys can't even find on like a google search <laughs> like this film is so underground so yeah weird. smuggled an eight millimeter film reel even if it was like even and there's a way you could do that that would be accessible but also corny like there are those pretentious if we're going to use that term as a thing pretentious film majors who are just talking about Scorsese all day long or something that is like artistic but but these folks it would come on again on Sundays but during the day so I heard it a lot because we'd be driving from Suze's job back to South Philly right on and every time they're on, I'd be like, baby, what is wrong with these kids? <laughs> All they watch are blockbusters, and then they, like, argue about the dumbest things about the blockbusters. And I'm like, it's like they haven't been to the Ritz yeah. ever, you wow. know? Like, one time someone was like, and I don't want to get too far into it. Right. Point right, being right. We don't want to start like, any beef with the pretentious filmmakers. No. Don't fuck, want those guys coming those after guys, the man. I don't care, man. Gang war with the, the pretentious You know, the thing, I think the thing that kills me about it is... And I know we can't do this for technical reasons. They can't take callers. Uh, and if right. they could take callers and, like, you could call up and tell them that, be like... Sure. That would be, be potentially amazing. great, right? Yeah. They, they had, Even if they had to pre-record it and sure. do something like, I don't know, I don't know, it's like technical rat hole. But, like, we, we don't have the phone system, the delays. Then you need a whole professional crew to do it. And, yeah. And, it's a big thing, yeah. Yeah, and that, but. But that would... I feel like that... Maybe could take it. I mean, we've tried to do call and talk shows. We tried to do one in the '90s with analog reel to reel players. Yeah, yeah. You know how like you know like on reel to reels, like you've done you know been in a recording studio, how it's like nine inches per second or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're like, all right, well, we need a seven second delay, so seven times nine, and we have, <laughs> and professional recording decks have yeah. a record head and a playhead. Mm-hmm. We went through the record head on one Tascam reel to reel. And then set up another rack on the other side Whoa, of the room. So you could do and the actually delay. actually had like seven times Whoa. that, like however many seconds we wanted. Wow. And actually tried that. And then, of course, the, you know, someone opened the door and created like a breeze. And oh, my God. Dude, out. that's unbelievable. But then you also can't punch out the way you would on whether you're talking about like WHYY or yeah. like Howard Stern. Well, yeah. like we used to edit, like, you know, the FMDs. It was like. Everything would dump out for like thirty seconds, and then it, it. And that. I mean, we. Yeah, we tried, but then, it's such a. 
just doesn't work. I feel like that would take that show to another level. <laughs> I think so. Because it would be great if it was all angry people calling. I mean, you don't want someone to call and be like, that's right, Transformers was amazing. You know, be like, no. One time they had a guest on who, had, who was named Liam, and I got two different angry messages <laughs> one from justin miller who like i guess but i'm like i'm like why do you listen to that like he like hate listens to the show right and he was like you sound like such a d-bag on the radio right now and i'm like that's not me i don't know what you're talking about it's so good yeah wow amazing this is ridiculous oh, anyways uh so um talk to talk, us, talk so to us is how i got into working on films yeah, Talk that's to us a so bit interesting. About the films that you work on, though. Yeah, I'd like, like to hear a little bit about your work and what some of the things that you've been able to work on. You told me uh, earlier that you're friends with the guy who played Sledgehammer. I mixed two films that he was in. That's so good. Sorry, David Rash. Sledgehammer. So, so what awesome. Is, what is Sledgehammer? The TV show. What? Dude, the TV show Sledgehammer. I didn't realize this isn't TV. <laughs> he had the big gun. He had the big gun. He had the you know. <laughs> trust me, I know. I literally doing. have no idea what oh, you're talking about. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, dude. Let's be clear. Oh in, the, in the eighties, <laughs> in the eighties, I basically only watched cartoons, Tales from Dark Side, and uh, old reruns of Dark Shadows, and wow. that was all I watched as a kid. Yeah. Okay, it, so this was an eighties and Airwolf. This was like, was like a, a comedy. Yeah, like of. Like Miami Vice, yeah. or like cop shows. That's what it was, and it was like it, he had a suit and he had this big silver gun, and he'd always be like, "Trust me." I know and his name was Sledgehammer. His name was Sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn it! This is a big deal, Liam. I don't know if you. <laughs> I mean, it's. You guys, is, like, I'm you stoked YouTube, on it. You can just watch the Sledgehammer opening credits, and it, always he always funny blew up every something time. accidentally because yeah, he would so shoot. Good. He just shot you know total shoot first ask questions later with the big gun sure sure but it was 80s so everyone you know like his partner was like she was the more straight laced detective that had like big 80s hair and like yeah. shoulder pads and like and, like big suits and all that shit and like I really shiny. don't know anything about this this is amazing to me wow yeah 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 you yeah. got some you got some good television coming your way is there what you that go means. man that, yeah. I'm gonna see if I can find it that's pretty oh, awesome it's got it I, I know definitely the opening credits are on YouTube yeah. and that's enough that that 30 seconds you'll be like wow this was a show that lasted multiple seasons <laughs> it's and it's really, amazing and it's it, it's terrible but it's amazing yeah it was okay alright yeah. so you know Sledgehammer yeah <laughs> So of all the things I've done, Dude. you know, like, so I have this like three-way text message thing with my brother and sister, uh-huh. and there's one point where I texted, I was like, hey, this is a movie I'm working on, and then my sister, I guess, found like IMDb link or something, and then mm. my brother, I think that's the only time my brother's been like, oh, that's awesome, of like <laughs> all the ever? actors over the years that I've worked, <laughs> my brother loved that show when he was a kid. That's amazing. Like, he yeah. it was so... <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know why I loved it either when I think young, back on he's, it. He's two years younger than me. Yeah. And uh, he's, yeah, he I, it, it <laughs> must have hit at the right time. And, I mean, he's so, kind of got, you know, he's, so my brother <coughs> in high school was in a band with Mike McKee and oh. John Ziga. What band was this? This is called Justified Action. Right. They're in like a straight edge youth crew, hardcore band. And Chris Trapea that used to go on the road with Ink and Dagger that right. works with, um, well, like everyone, well, not Prince actually, but like he's his guitar tech <laughs> for Prince. Yeah, the and guy he, who's Dillinger t- Escape Plan. He would like go on the road oh, with them. Right, for right, Dagger, right. he would do their lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris sang for their band for a while. His brother had the restaurant in Liberty's Walk that was called Sonata. Is that them? Uh, maybe. Yeah, that closed, but it was awesome. I don't but see anyway. Chris too much anymore. I used to see Chris a lot because we'd all go to City Gardens together. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. You like, are old. Holy shit. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> and you know what? I started doing the Sunday night radio show 
because City Garden's closed. Oh. And my Sunday nights became available. Because one thing I'll say is Randy was always very good to us. Yeah. Any, to KDU. Mm. Um, anything except Fugazi shows, tickets to anything we wanted. Except all, Fugazi shows. Why Fugazi? No guest list for Fugazi shows. Oh, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah, five dollar yeah. tickets. And yeah. it's five bucks, so it's like you yeah. know, like, that's, come on. What yeah, are you doing? That's, yeah. I'd gladly pay five dollars. You know, yeah, dude. Fugazi. I would pay five hundred dollars to see Fugazi again. But because it was one of those and from Center City you could get the city gardens in forty five minutes. Yeah. And you know, especially the last couple of years it was all like kind of youth crewish kind of stuff there. Mm-hmm. Like I had a car and, and wanted to go. Well, like, God, I couldn't even tell you how many times I saw Shelter. But also, like, Quicksand and Into Another <laughs> yeah, would dude, play all the time. And Golden like, Age, yeah. But then I also saw, like, the Ramones player. Bouncing Souls played, you know, yeah. constantly. And uh, But then once City Gardens closed, they were looking for someone to do a Sunday night show. Yeah. And someone was trying. Like, it used to be, because Saturday and Sunday used to be all reggae. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. back in the day, it was called the Black Experience of Music with Sundays. So, because there was also kind of like some like R and B ish kind of stuff like that on KDU, mm. and then I think someone got thrown off the air. That was a reggae DJ. I don't exactly oh, wow. remember. I mean, this is like nineteen ninety five or something, right? Ninety six. It's a while ago. And the program director was like, "Hey, would you mind?" You know, he was doing the new schedule for the new term, and was like, "Do you want to do a Sunday night show?" And I was like. Pfft. City Gardens is gone, so why not? You know, what am I going to do now? You know, no more, like, sit at the Street Road Taco Bell at midnight eating 99-cent burritos with, you know, like the key or something. Oh, my God, I can't even tell you. And you go there, and it'd be like, the whole parking lot would be like cars with, like, you know, seven-second stickers and, you know, stuff like that. And, like, and that was, like, the heyday of, like, the Krishna Harker kids in yeah. Philly. And, like, wow, so there's a lot of brain handles and telassi beads and all that stuff. A lot of seeing Prima. So good. All getting bean burritos at Taco Bell. There you, you know, go. Probably like 69 cents back then. Right? Oh, man. <laughs> Those were the days. Good times, man. Yo, good times. I, I will amazing. never talk shit on the bean burrito. I was only a vegetarian for five years, but I ate so many bean burritos during that time. <laughs> it's tour food at this point, yeah. you know. But back then, it was like, I'm in college. And it's yeah, better for you than is. ramen noodles, yeah. probably. There you go. I don't know. Definitely. I don't know. I did eat a lot of ramen noodles, yeah, too. Too, actually. It was, you know, ramen noodles or Taco Bell tonight. So. <laughs> there was so wait, that. So wait. Go ahead. No, no, no. Let's just, uh, we're derailing. I want to hear more about your movie stuff. and like oh, Yeah, yeah right. more movies than working with Sledgehammer. So, well, so my friend Rob Massantonio that I've known since high school... Mm. He made this vampire movie in 1998 in Ocean mm. City called Cold Hearts. Right. And so, like, if you know Ocean City, New Jersey, if you find this movie, it's, it's like, in a weird legal limbo state right now. Because mm. whoever owns the rights, like, disappeared and kind of ripped them off. Yeah. Stroke. But it was shot, like, on the boardwalk and under the boardwalk and around Ocean City. And, like, all the landmarks are there. And, you That's know. amazing. Um, so because it was my buddy, I was still in engineering school. I PA'd on that. Mm-hmm. And then that and some other stuff, I helped do the DVD commentary tracks. Actually, really? for Eric Bressler's documentary, also, Otaku Unite. Otaku Unite. I helped you did do the, the you DVD did the commentary sound for, for the commentary. Or you did I didn't the... work on the film at all. That mm-hmm. was like Eric and Charles and some other people. Mm-hmm. But then when he got the DVD thing, I helped him do the commentary track. I think because okay. we had to do it on DAT, maybe, and I had a DAT deck. And you know, it was you talked on it, or you just recorded. No, I you did the sound. It. Oh, like, okay. Like helped engineer. We did it at Eric's old house in New Jersey. Mm. And, okay. Uh, I think we brought over the gear. Whatever it was, it was super cheap. But it yeah. worked, you know. And then I so, but then the first film I mixed was that hundred thousand dollar 
thing in Delaware. Yeah. That, uh, which was 2006. Right. Wow. And then after that, like two months later, found a film on Craigslist, just like looking for sound mixer, you know, mm-hmm. crappy rate mm-hmm. per day. Yeah. I was like, then, well, I already got the gear. You know? So there you go. So you're in. And so, then it was that second one, this film called Two Minutes Later, that arguably a very underserved genre of softcore gay porn. Whoa. Action. Underserved. Thriller. Well, someone was like, there's no such thing as softcore gay porn, because it's it's usually, like, you know, all out kind of thing. (laughs) And there's there's no, like, this is what I was told. It's it's weird. It's weird. I'm not a film major, so I don't know. I'm I'm not a film major, so I don't know much about softcore gay porn either. Cop movies? Yeah, I don't know much about cop movies, but I do know about softcore gay porn, let me tell you. It's so boring. <laughs> that and that was probably a hundred thousand dollar feature. I'm right. guessing. I have no idea. I mean, I you know. So it's if you know anything about movies, you know that's 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 nothing. Yeah, that's a that's sure. Like, that's sure, like you're you're shoestring budgeting right there. Yeah, are, you know, you're you're like when you figure out your day rates for the crew, you're like, holy crap, we're not even making minimum wage. Wow, or no overtime. Yeah, yeah. That you know, sucks. people are working for like seventy five to a hundred dollars a day or something for fourteen, sixteen hour days, six days a week. Like it's that's terrible. Shit's tough, man. Yeah, man. And then, but you stayed but in it was the game. That though. that I met awesome people, right? And like, probably every job for the next two years was based on people, people I met, met on that set. Not the producers and not the director. And you know, no offense to them, but it's other but people they're, in they're the crew in like making that movie a yeah. reality. So their yeah. their life is gone for two years. Yeah, yeah sure. But everyone else jumps onto the next film, and then a lot of them because it's Philly did. Also, like documentary, reality TV stuff, mm-hmm. and that's how you got in on that. Stumbled into that because the the DP for that film, two minutes later, was one of the camera ops on a show called Animal Cops. Mm. That was the SPCA Humane Officers. Oh yeah, totally yeah. And they did that show. They did that show for about ten years before they came to Philly. And Philly was like, they stopped doing New York. I think they tried Detroit, and it didn't. Cl- they wanted like an urban, gritty city. Mm. And the SPCA in Philly was like really wanted them to come in because it's, mm-hmm. it's basically like an hour-long public service announcement. Yeah. Like, for, you know, we're only funded by donations. We, we don't get any government money or, you know, stuff, and this is what we do, kind mm-hmm. of. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so that was, that was my first dive into reality TV, which was intense. Well, last time I spoke to you, we were at the Philomoca for... I, I forgot what we were at the screening for. Maybe the Lensella Moron movies for the Film Fest? Was that when I talked to you? And you told me you're working on National Geographic stuff. And I was like, "Holy shit, that sounds fucking super duper legit." <clears throat> or you're, yeah, you're, yeah. I've done stuff for Nat Geo. I did a show that was called Philly Undercover. That was also with the SPCA officers, oh, same right. production company. But yeah. then Animal Planet passed on it, so it went to Nat Geo, and it was wow. the undercover animal fighting unit at wow. the SPCA. No shit. Wow. Which was like sitting in cars with blacked out windows with the officers all day, bulletproof vests, and you had to wear bulletproof Yeah. Wow. So as a vegan, do you find like your like politics of, of like animal rights and all that stuff filter in on these kinds of projects? Are you like, well, I'm just going to sit back here and listen to Earth Crisis all day while you guys do what you do? <laughs> and uh, I, I love dogs, man. Like, Who doesn't? Who yeah, doesn't? But yeah, like, but even and even doing animal cops, it's like, I mean, this, the show was about the law enforcement, but the SPCA also does like the low cost clinics, like yeah, spay neuter program, spay-neuter, all that. Yeah. And they would always put that in the show. They'd be like, in addition to the humane law enforcement, the SPCA Mm. also offers all these community things, you know, blah, blah, Mm. blah, blah, blah. And, like, 
that was kind of a dream job. I mean, it was intense, and there's days it was super depressing. Like, yeah. Seeing people dead flat out lie. Yeah. Like, like dead animals or Fuck. dogs die on the table. Like, we, we saw that. We filmed that. Damn. Or things where they had to put them down, where they just couldn't save them. And, yeah. you know, the blue juice comes out, and that's that's like... Which, in a weird way, was actually helpful to see. Mm-hmm. Because I had to have a dog put down. Oh, uh, so kind of... Yeah, to see how that, that happens. Yeah, and, and, you know, like, I know the old ways they would do it. This, wow, we are on a tangent. Like, <laughs> like it would, you know, they would do stuff that... It sounded like it was pretty horrible and inhumane. Whereas mm-hmm. this, like no twitching even or anything like the dog's already this the dog was like something they just couldn't save it it was it was and like i don't even want to talk about how gross it was because none of that made it to tv but you don't know like you're in the zone you know like you just keep filming wow and uh when they called it the actually the producer at the time was like i can't watch this because she's a total dog person right she's like i'm gonna leave before they you know just to let you guys know i'm not abandoning you i just can't him and Mm. i was like you you just missed it (laughs) (laughs) and she's like what and i was like wow done that's you crazy. know, and but like in a way that was, you know, as a dog person, you mm. kind of a lot of times, you know, you hit that that point where it's unless you wake up and you know. But anyway, <laughs> movies. This <laughs> is our. This is probably our first dog death tangent, but it's so, still interesting. Do you connect with like other punk rockers in this field? Do you like talk to other people? That you're there like, are so oh, many. Shit. Really, See, the, I would it, assume that there probably are more than you would think. You the know? SPCA was rad because one of the humane officers was a punk. Mm-hmm. This girl Betty, Officer right. Betty, who like, you know, tattoos like used to hang out on Lancaster Avenue, like go to. Show, I mean, she moved to California and stuff now, mm-hmm. but like, who I knew kind of from shows before, and we had mutual friends, including Little Mikey, right? And uh, so stuff like that was cool. But then even like in films, there's there's a lot of like even people that played in bands like in the '80s mm-hmm. and stuff like that that. You know, you're like, whatever happened to them? And they, they do, like, scenic building stuff on, on films. Wow. Or... Yeah, I hear that's a pretty popular one. I mean, there's there's even some folks that are in, like, production roles that you, you know, mm. the people they work with might not know, but, like, you oh, yeah, no, no, interact all... with them and you're like, oh, yeah, it's this like, guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. I remember there's, that dude. I mean, yeah, I know people that do, like, locations departments, do that, you yeah. know, you'll see it come through necktie all the time. Like, mm. it's one of the, you know, like, you'll see, well... Wheels, you know Wheels from Rambo, the guitar player. Yeah, he Andy Wheeler. He is, is that him? Yeah, he is yeah. like fucking ace cinematographer now. Really? Which Philly connection? He shoots the Tim and Eric stuff now. Oh, well, there uh, you go. Which very is, uh, cool. Yeah, but Wheels, Don, Don, Wheels and I were friends from like when he first came to Philly, Stalag Thirteen. Mm-hmm. His yeah. his Pittsburgh band, band Reagan Squad would come and play, mm-hmm. and then obviously years later, him and Tony were in Rambo, Rambo and Tony yeah. and I've been friends for years, just like Philly punks, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, I guess because Rambo was always on tour and stuff, kind of lost touch with Wheels. And then that second film I worked on, two minutes later, the softcore mm-hmm. gay porn cop action thriller, <laughs> whatever thing. Sure, yeah, it, that you have no idea about. Dude, Logo <laughs> used to run it like three times a day. <laughs> But I, I was like loading my sound kit on set one day, and then the first, well, first day, and then like Wheels is carrying on like some C stands, and I'm like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, yeah. "What are you doing here?" And I, I guess I didn't. It never even clicked that he was a film guy. Yeah, and yeah. He worked for years. We worked together. He was a, a grip, and then a camera guy in Philly, and then he went to AFI for grad school. And so, talk about a guy that was in like a you know, yeah, kind of legendary of Philly hardcore band that now is a Los Angeles cinematographer. That's if you look at his like, uh, 
think it's like Andy Wheeler DP or so. I don't know. If you Google mm-hmm. Andy Andy Wheeler. Yeah. Uh, his his stuff is aw- and he does like a lot of music videos. That's and, pretty um, awesome, man. That's it crazy. seems like with film. I mean, I have two things I want to say, and I, I think I'll do this one first, which is, it seems like when you get that opportunity to get a foot in, you know what I mean? Like, you don't just work on one thing, but you have the opportunity to continue working. A lot of people stick it out. Like, it's not, yeah. it's, it's you know, not, I think actually all of work is becoming this way. Like, once you get in somewhere, you better stick it out because getting another job might actually turn out to be harder than you think it is. Mm. But... Uh, I, it seems like, especially in film, I talk to people all the time. They're like, "Well, I just got this one opportunity, and then all of a sudden it was like off to the races, like, and I stuck with it, and I did mm. this, and I got this, and I got this." So, like, I'm not surprised when someone who maybe did something on a lark, or maybe did something they weren't sure about, you know, like a smaller role, is now in it because it's like if you take advantage of those opportunities, that makes a lot more sense than being like, "Well, I was a grip for a while, and then I got an office job." You know what I mean? Which like, people do bail on it I, I i think sometimes it's the uh the the lack of schedule yeah and, well, the incons- and there's stuff where i don't work for weeks and that's that could be terrifying especially you know when people have like kids or something well that yeah. was my other question is a lot of people you've mentioned are have moved away do you think it's possible to stay in philly and have uh like a long-term career uh in film or even in any sort of production work or is that getting more difficult it's so right now film like or scripted stuff sure like you know tv i mean there's no tv series really that shoots here but it's it's so the whole industry nationwide is so dependent on tax credit stuff that oh uh, yeah yeah that it i mean atlanta is blowing up but like new orleans the uh this is bobby jindal the guy that's running for you know one of the republicans running for president one of the million made like a declaration that he's cutting the tax credits and within a couple of days, Disney was like, okay, bye. <laughs> and they're shutting down their offices there. And wow. I know people, even people from here, um, that had spent months and months down there doing, doing, doing stuff. stuff. And yeah. uh, are just like, oh, like, let alone the people that live there, that all of a sudden they're like, well, I have a mortgage. Yeah, you know? they're totally debased now. I mean, yeah. like, honestly, I'm in a little bit of a different world doing sound because I can work on reality. Like last yeah. year I was working for Travel Channel. That's awesome. An independent local local production company doing a show for travel where we were overseas. Like, it was in Panama and Turkey and Japan. And, like, you know, I got to fly those places. That's so awesome. Oh, it was... Traveling there, doing a show about coffee. (laughs) Genius. That sounds (laughs) magical. That's everything. Yeah. Uh, Wow. Like, I I mean, you know, some people aren't into coffee. And I actually only started drinking coffee working Mm. on film sets. But the co-founder of La Cologne, which is Philly-based coffee company that's like, mm. you know, one of the best in the world, Yeah, has a show on Travel Channel. And it was like, oh, a show about someone who has this killer business in Philadelphia who, like, mm. you know, bought all these, like, buildings in, in Port Richmond that has, like, where they do all their roasting. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know, it's not like he's moving out to the suburbs or, you know, some tax break somewhere in, like, former strip mall in New Jersey or something, you know. Mm. Anyway, great coffee, fun dude, Travel the world TV show, like that's amazing. Really, you know, that's like, so awesome, dude. And I get paid. Yeah, wow. Let's do that. Perfect. Yeah. So it's Federal Donuts is our coffee shop. It's nice, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not a big La Cologne fan, but I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sort of a jerk. No, but you know, so. none of the like all those. I don't know. Maybe it's like this in the rest of the country. They're all fans. I mean, you know, like Jeff Ziga eats ice cream everywhere. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. You know I mean? Totally. Like, totally. But it's, it seems to be the same because I did a spinoff of Top Chef that was like, a, "What are they up to now?" Oh wow! And I did the Philly stuff because uh, I never watched the Top Chef. Show. Me neither. Yeah, I've never watched it. Still, so cool, one of the chefs though. that was on two of them is from Philly, Chef Jen Carroll, mm-hmm. and did stuff with her. And part of it, she didn't have her own restaurant, so she would bounce around and do stuff. But like, sure, we would like, you know. We did, and we did stuff in D.C. and with other chefs and all, too. But, like, they would go to other chefs' restaurants. Mm. And then those chefs, like, a chef from a third restaurant would be like, ah, oh, and come, they'd all hang out together. Yeah, that's And awesome. then after the restaurant closed, they'd be like, let's go. And then another guy's like, you guys should come over to my place and hang out. And, like, yeah. it's it's all friendly. That's you know? cool. Yeah, which that's is totally good to right. see. Yeah. And it seems to be the same thing with, like, just a lot of that whole food stuff. I mean, I'm sure there's some people that at least behind the scenes hate each other, but, mm. like... But yeah, I'm sure. Like, yeah. you know, you no one's gonna eat people. the same burrito every like seven days a week. You know what I mean? So like some days you want to go get I don't know, pizza. Some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. We gotta wrap it. Cause uh coming up on time for me. You're Sorry. coming up on time. I am. I am. So um not that we haven't been enjoying talking to you, John Paul. Thank you for having me. Thank you, awesome. But no, we got one more. We got we got we got a little bit more to do. We got a little bit more. So um, now we're going to move on to uh, the things we're looking forward to. Sure. Oh, good. I was going to so, ask you guys about that. Yeah. Sure. So go ahead, John Paul is our guest. What what is something coming up that you are stoked on or excited about? Film wise or any, other could be anything. Uh, God, there's so many good shows coming up. There are. Are you going to? Uh, we're we're probably going to see Goat Horror on Wednesday. Yeah, Goat Horse tomorrow night. Yeah, so that's coming up. The Philly Punks Picnic stuff's coming up this weekend. Oh, yeah, that's this weekend, right? Yeah, Yeah, there you go. That's at Clark Park? It's kind of everywhere. You know, it's like different venue every night kind of thing. Um, And those are always fun. Uh, But some of it I got to, you know, being freelance, it's like... Yeah, you got to work, so then all of a sudden... Be on the dime, yeah. You know, miss this or that. But, uh, so that's coming up. Oh, the Rosillos are playing on Friday too at Kung Fu Necktie. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so and that. I missed them last time because I was out of town. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, obviously, this is hardcore. Yeah, which is gonna be weird. I'm stoked though. I'm pretty. Why, excited. Why, why do you think it's gonna be weird? One, I am so fucking excited to see the Exploited. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Awesome. I I'm so glad to hear out you my say door that. To go see them when I was like 13 years old. Yes. <laughs> And it was when they were playing at the Arch Street Empire with Pig and Bait. You, you saw the, the City Gardens documentary? Yeah. You know, they talk about the Exploited show had turned into like a bloodbath? Yeah, 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 yeah. They played Philly like the day before, and apparently it was the same thing. Wow, yeah. no 13 shit. 13-year-old me might not be here today <laughs> if I had made it onto that R5 train. Wow. So you missed the train? I, no, I was like going, and then my friend that was supposed to meet me, it was one of those like, well, if you're not going, like you're not on the train Whatever, I'll yeah. tell you about it tomorrow in school or something. <laughs> and he called and told my mom he wasn't going. And my mom's like, I don't know if he should go by himself. You know, uh, blah, 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 wow. blah. That's awesome. And then, like, there was some other, I don't know, whatever it was, I didn't make it. And it so was that was, like, bath, in maybe. the 80s. Holy and shit. that all these years I haven't seen them play. That's amazing. So that makes me really happy because I talk to a lot of people that are younger, and some of them are excited for the exploited, but a lot of them like don't know. Yeah. So hearing from someone older who's like, "Oh no, that's great!" Like that makes me really happy. <laughs> I am confident that they're going to play the songs you want to hear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they've put out some record. I mean, they haven't been here in a decade, in the United States at all. Wow. So, so that I'm optimistic about. 
The Misfits is going to be It's going to be weird, yeah. Well, because they're, they're playing all of Earth AD. Yeah. And, and those songs are really fast. Yeah, really fast. So Jerry Only's playing... Like, I've seen Jerry Only Misfits. I mean, it's been a lot, like, since Michael Graves era. Yeah. When Ink and Dagger played with them at the track. I can play that fast. Yeah. Ah, we'll and him see. playing that fast and singing... Yeah. Watch him do everything halftime. That'll be kind It'll of. It'll be pretty good. I'm into it though. I think it's going to be a good time. I mean, you know, it's one of those like uh, I'm already there. I mean, yeah. I, like, oh yeah, I, I mean, four day pass, I mean, so. yeah, yeah, like uh, I, I'm excited awful, to I will see have it. Yeah, a slice of blackbird in one hand and a scoop of little babies in the other, and I'll <laughs> right. sit there and be like, yo, 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 check this <laughs> out. All right, and be like, hold on, let me Instagram this. Yo, that is that is the thing for me. Like, I understand when people are like, oh, I don't know if the entire lineup's enough for me to buy a pass. Then I get American Nightmare. I know, no, 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 no. I I still get it. I'm still somewhat understanding in general of of that feeling. I think people are wrong, but I get it. Mm. What I don't understand is when you're at the fest, if a band is playing you don't like, that shouldn't cause you like people act like, oh god, I can't believe this band, and I'm like. Motherfucker, we got how many food trucks out here for you? Yeah, we, we got, got places for you to hang out. Last year seemed to be really different in a weird way. Like there was because yeah. you know there's kind of that revival, I guess, of those like because I worked at CI Records, mm-hmm. did like you know one shift a week, sure, okay. sure, like ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one. Mm-hmm. So like kind of the heyday of like E Town Concrete, yeah, like that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, the kids that were totally like that's their sub hardcore genre. Yeah. I was standing near some of them when Agnostic Front came on, and the one guy goes, "Who are these guys?" And they go, uh, "Some band called Agnostic." He's pulling out his phone. He's like, "And the guy goes, Agnostic Front." And he goes, "I don't know, man. I've never heard of them." Jeez. And he's yeah. like, "Let's go get a cheesesteak or whatever, you know." It's up there. Let's go smoke a cigarette. And they like walked out. And I was like, "Holy shit, that just happened." Yeah. You know, I was like, Dude. "Fine." You know, more room for me. But like, <laughs> it is weird. There's not in some maybe it circles. Was Madball. Maybe they walked out on Madball. But whatever it was, it was like, you like, how could you walk out on Madball? <laughs> you cannot be an E-Town fan and walk out on Madball. No, that is it's unacceptable. It's not even like, oh, I don't want to buy a ticket, get in my car, drive. It was like, you're, you're there, there and yeah. you made the effort to walk away. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, I don't watch every band, but it doesn't bum me out too hard anymore, at least. Maybe I've just gotten used to it. No, but you can't watch And sometimes band. I like watching a band that sucks. Like, I, like if there's a band playing, if I haven't put up with it all day and I'm like still in a good mood, yeah. I'll watch a performance that's not my favorite. It's still fun to watch. Like, yeah, I'm still enjoying great myself. Live, even, yeah. if you're, even if you would never listen to the Even if you would never put the, the CD music. on, yeah. yeah, you'd still watch them live and you'd still watch them go on. And then there's some fun. bands that you see a lot, like. Like, okay, well, they're playing next week, but into another? Uh-huh. Sure. I bought that record because it was like, oh, Revelation. Like, I'm talking about the first album back when I was, like, in high school. Underlord on it. Uh, no, the one with Robot Whales. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the, uh, the first DLP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then I was like, is this the wrong speed or something? I was like, that sounds like Black Sabbath, and, which to me is not a good thing. And, and I was like, nope. And then like put that threw it back in the bin. And if I had sold records, I probably would have sold it. Yeah. And then years later at City Gardens, you saw them. They were playing with Quicksand. Ah. And uh, I don't remember. That was like, the, Shades Apart or something, maybe. Probably the you know, when Ignore came like ninety two. Yeah. Because Quicksand, even before I knew it was Walter from Gorilla Biscuits, so I heard good. that seven inch on KDU, the first one, the Rev one. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit, what is this record? You know, yeah. call out the DJ, and I was like, all right, I'm going to buy it. And went down to, like, Record Exchange and picked so up good. a copy. Yeah. But, like, seeing into another live at City Gardens in, like, 1993, mm. it was like, okay, now I get it. 
Right. You know, like, I mean, you know the way shows were back then. Yeah. So, and that's why remembering that kind of like, holy, like even a band I tried listening to and was just like, I don't, like, no thanks. Mm. Uh, that's why I'll watch a lot of those bands that this is hardcore. Plus, and you're there. Like, you can go yeah, outside. Yeah, what and else your, are you doing? You're there. You can get your, you know, you're in for whatever four days. Back yeah. in and, and, Dude. Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. And then there's there's always the old bands that are just like so excited to see. Yeah, you're excited to see. Uh, what was that band that played? Uh, Dude, I'm so glad World. they bought brought Slapshot because Slapshot. Jesus, when was the last time they played Philly? Like last, this is hardcore. No, no, no. But like before, this is hardcore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. Mean, uh, it was a revival show in like 1989 or 90. Jeez, it was. It was. Yeah, yeah. Right when Sudden Death Overtime came out. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like literally, I mean, I saw him at like City Gardens and stuff after that, but yeah. not. Not in Philly. Not in Philly itself, and I don't. I have no idea why. If there was like drama, or if it just no one booked them, but like, it's like holy crap, they got to. There was a period where they weren't really playing that much, and there was. I would not be surprised if there was drama. I mean, see, choke I saw them has play when they of... did like. There was that period where it was like choke and like the young, like long hair kind of metal kids. Oh sure. Saw that like slapshot lineup play at mm. City Gardens, and it was like. Mm. All right, anyway. J- Josh, what are you hyped on? Hyped on. Um, Black Breath. Never seen Black Breath, so I'm, I'm hyped to see them tomorrow. Sure. I'm hyped for Roar at Liberty Lands on Friday night. Yeah, that's going to be really that's cool. That's going to be really, really fun. And, um, yeah, that's in the immediate future, that's what I'm pretty stoked on right now. Um, I don't know if I'm going to make it to Roar or not. I want to go, and that's, you know, big sport to Awesome Fest, but I have, like, five other things that night. It's just, like, a pack night. Right. That this Saturday... We are going to see Jaws 3D. Oh, right? we are so seeing Jaws 3D. Where's that? At Harry's house. At it's the, a secret screening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Harry from Is this part of the, them being putting Jaws back in theaters for the. No. I have no idea how he got it, but he somehow talked Universal into sending him the print. Oh, no, they're showing the original 3D. Jaws in, back in Jaws theaters, 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, we're, we're, seeing, but we're seeing Jaws 3D in its original 3D print in the 80s format. Yeah, so that's like blue and red lens. Yeah, in, in Harry's house in his garage. It's gonna be super sick. It's gonna that's be wild. so weird. Yeah, and then uh, not and there's a few things at Mahoning going on that seem cool, mm-hmm. including next Saturday is American Werewolf in London with a bunch oh, of yeah. movies. That's gonna be cool. Gonna be awesome. But uh, that Sunday is the sci-fi thing that Exhumed is doing. So robots are dangerous. Robots are rad. Oh, robots, yeah. are dangerous. robots are dangerous. And they're doing oh. Robocop. They're doing Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. They're yeah. doing Chopping, Chopping Mall. Mall. Oh, my what? God. So good. Exhumed, we love you. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. They're doing two other movies we forgot to mention. But it doesn't matter. Chopping Mall. It's going to be so good. So, anyways, if you you care about fun sci-fi movies at all or just supporting film screenings, find that screening. I believe it's on the 19th, I think. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Check it out. It's at International House. It's at International House. Yeah, so definitely check it out. Oh, my God. And, you know. Five movies or... Yeah, I think it's a 12-hour thing. Yeah. That's so good. It's going to be so good. You should definitely come. Really stoked on Lots of people should come and check it out. Uh, And again, there's probably more shows that I'm forgetting about. Yeah, radio activities coming up. Yeah. I'm going to see the Boston's on Monday. You would. Yeah, I'm going to see them. I'm not even worried about it. I sat outside with wheels at Punk Rock Bowling and heard them play. Yeah? They played their whole first record. Ah, that's great. They sounded good. I, I think the Boston was like out. the yeah. Trocadero days. Another one, actually, the 22nd, I think I'm going to go to the Uniform 
Is it Uniform is the name of the band? I don't know. With Dark Blue. Oh yeah, we'll we'll be there with uh, Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna try to interview Burdan. Great dude. Yeah, with Dark uh, Blue. With Dark Blue and I forget who else is playing that detest maybe or something. Yeah, something or, like that. I don't, I don't know. know. Doesn't matter. Uh <laughs> it's at it's at Phil it's at Philomoka. Yeah. Uh I've never seen Dark Blue, so I'm interested to see them. And uh I've known of Burdan for a long time and I haven't really gotten to interact with him in person too much, so Okay. So uh, that's gonna be, be a cool. good one too. One of those guys you just know from shows back in the day, you know. I see. And now right. he's now he's getting well known with all that electronic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well Josh is ready to go. Yeah, I gotta cut it. I'm sorry. But um, just want to say thank you to everybody who've uh, given us love and support on the oh, interwebs yeah, we've and a lot the of internet. Big what up to uh, our our boy John. Yeah, John uh, Martello. Yeah, he uh, wrote our, the first article for Cinepunks dot com. Yeah, I mean technically I wrote an intro. Technically, before that, yeah, no. but that was our first guest post, and he was the first. You know, we we both asked. Probably ten people each. Yeah, we you know? asked a lot of people. We asked a few, and so for John to be the first guy that's like, "Here's my thing," and he said that to me like, "I don't know if it's any good," and I'm like, "Oh man, this is real good, it's fucking awesome." Yeah. So basically, what we're saying is, if you feel like you can write six hundred to fifteen hundred words on anything about film or I mean, music we'll or take- how it uh, uh, how it's impacted your life, yeah, yeah. Then don't send us. Why you think the new build and destroy seven inches sick as shit? Yeah, yeah. I don't no. care Send about that. Send us like about how that's like um, <laughs> like well, no. Basically, it's trying to get to know you. I yeah, think I think like, so. I, I mean, it could be a larger thing too. Like you want to write about uh, all the ways that integrity has influenced bands or something. You know, like a larger thing. Don't just write like here's why I think this converge album is rules. cool yeah, yeah yeah this is why i really like the terminator that's come on <laughs> put a little put a put a little thought into it yeah. all right give us love but if you do have an idea or if you don't know if it's a good idea and you're you're wondering send us a pitch at cinepunks.com and we will yeah, get cinepunks back to you at soon. gmail hit us up yeah cinepunks at gmail I, and i want to uh, read about movies influenced by integrity that <laughs> would be that. really good <laughs> yo that would be sick yeah there you go any listeners that want to talk about or yeah. like or like movie references like if you could find if you could write a piece that was every movie sampled on an integrity album Woo! that sick would be that shit would be sick that would yeah. be amazing i would read that right someone write that what are you doing <laughs> come on you jerks all right all right thanks so for listening episode 32 thank you for listening thanks for john paul uh, thank for being, you, john paul hey, for being awesome for, and, for, and for you know, starting to work the magic about me getting my own show on WKDU, start to lobby. I appreciate. Also, that. Also, I'd like to say a happy birthday to my man Colin McGinnis. Oh um, yeah, happy birthday, bro! He's one of my best friends, and I love you very much. So happy birthday for that. Oh, also, uh, don't listen to the new Refused record on purpose because it sucks. Uh, I saw and them play. Holy shit! I don't so even want to know. They played it's, old songs. They played old songs. Well, thank God for that. But that's it. Thank you, Smoke Bomb.